0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for the Athletic. It is Thursday morning. The Commanders, I don't know if they're on their way to Cleveland already, probably, maybe. Either way, they'll be there Friday to ho- to uh, face the Cleveland Browns in their preseason opener. Sam Howe will start, how long he will play, and the other starters That's to be determined, but um, we're excited. I I know the players are excited to hit somebody else besides themselves in practice, and I think we're all excited to get a look at what is going on, even though we understand preseason is, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not the real thing, but it's a semblance of the real thing, and it gives the coaching staff a chance to check out, especially the guys deeper down the roster. I discussed some of that as well as, the Ron Rivera Eric Biennemy conversation that's been going on this week and a whole bunch more with our friend Rick Doc Walker. Uh, Doc kindly joined me here a little bit ago to share his thoughts on what he has seen at an, in camp, what's actually important to watch in this preseason game, uh, Sam Howe. And yes, he has some thoughts on Ron Rivera's comments this week uh so we'll get to that in a moment here on the Standing room only podcast which you can find on itunes spotify or wherever you do your podcasts hit that like button um you guys have been great uh, i don't probably say this enough but i really appreciate everybody subscribing and listening in you know uh, sometimes over the course of a year you know, there's more interest than others in various parts of the calendar. Of course, with the commanders, it's a never it's a it's a never ending cycle of information and interesting things happening. But you guys, so sometimes there's dips in the podcast numbers, but I, I have to say, you guys have been fantastic. We we, we continue to have really good um, downloads and people listening and comments, and it really does, uh, you know, make me swoon. Uh, I'll say, how about that? Uh, and, and also, I've seen a lot of you at it, at it, uh, the training camp, and you've sent some kind things, and I really appreciate it. And you know, hey, if you like it let your friends know, drop a comment on iTunes. It's all help. Um, also, of course, love the people who check out the athletic new story up today. I've written a lot, obviously over the last couple of days about this Ron Rivera, Eric B situation. I, for those of you who uh, perhaps missed it on Tuesday, Ron Rivera before practice speaking with the media, he was asked if players or any players are having a difficult time adjusting to Eric B Style. He's very intense. You know, very, practices are very up tempo, and he said yes, and that some of them came to him to share those concerns, and things kind of escalated from there. Uh, that you know, wire players talking, going to the head coach. Rivera also made some comments referencing that Eric Biani is kind of does what Eric Biani does. Whereas like he and Jack Del Rio, two NFL head coaches, have learned to sort of have a give and take with players. We don't have to get into all that, but that's obviously been a big story. And then that led to yesterday, Wednesday, Ron Rivera came out for his daily press conference with a prepared statement. Kind of unusual to have a prepared statement for something that's not exactly a national tragedy or anything, but okay. Um, and basically he said, Hey, look, I I didn't articulate exactly what I wanted to here so uh I he said he put his foot in his mouth but it didn't really change the tone of what he was saying he didn't say I you know I sh- I sh- you know he he didn't like say well I shouldn't have mentioned the players he he really didn't even address the players initially he was the parts he was dressing were the parts that I was focusing on more on after the first day that is that Jack Del Rio part where it feels like it's a head-to-head comparison. Rivera said, no, 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 not intentional that way. He said, "Um, you know, about Eric style. He's like, look, we all have our own styles. So on. And he also emphasized that the is helping this team that he has seen better practices. If you listen to the stream, you will hear him. He and I having a direct exchange. And he's asking me, come on, don't you agree? The practices are better. And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to, this is not for me to say. Nobody cares what I think about practice. I care what you're saying on these matters. But um, so, yeah, so he he did share that. I, I don't know that it necessarily quelled the national conversation that this turned into. I think a lot. I've seen a lot of outlets out there diving into this. Uh, maybe it's just that slow of a, of a time right now in the NFL that this is a good, juicy topic for people to get into. I try not to I trying not to look at it from that soap opera perspective but it's a little hard to not. And the story I have up on the athletic today is about how instead of viewing this, do these two have a rift if that were to be the case, not saying that it is, but if that were, it doesn't really matter because ultimately what matters is that these two have to understand, which I think they probably do if they, if egos are in check that they need each other because it's not just about the head coach and the offensive coordinator working together to try to get sam how better trying to get the whole team better trying to win games all that it's bigger than that you've got a head coach in rivera who i think we all see he probably has to have a pretty good year to 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 keep a job or get an extension or something i, I don't know how to define pretty good year because we don't know what josh harris is parameters are he's still just you know figuring out the whole scenario but I think we all can at least have a feel for what that means right you don't have to win 12 games to have a good year but there has to be a trajectory of progression and having Sam Howell look like he's a starting quarterback w- would go a long way towards that as well but if he gets fired I think it's realistic to think he probably is not in line to get another head coaching job in the league um, he currently, in his twelve seasons, has nine he, nine of those seasons. They have his teams have not had a winning record. Then you have Eric Bieniemy, and some people will say, "What are you talking about? Eric Bieniemy does not need Ron Rivera." Look where he's coming from, Kansas City. Part of these teams you know, went to Super Bowls, won Super Bowls. Yeah, he kind of does. He kind of did need Rivera because Rivera gave him, if he couldn't get a head coaching job, being an OC with full autonomy to to run the offense the guy who's determining how they're practicing the schedule the setup which is really sort of the tone setting t- tone setter for the players eric b has is given all that control he's got a lot more than sort of just the play caller oc does rivera conceded some of his own power for this um nobody else is giving him that and if the, this whole thing bottoms out you know enemy already has not gotten a head coaching job despite 16 interviews. So reasonable thing. He not only would not have a chance to get a head coaching job, he probably doesn't get an OC job with this level of power, let alone maybe any. So they need to figure out, again, not saying there's a rift. If Rivera says he misspoke. Well, we have to take him at his word to some extent. I, When you say what he said on a day that enemy is going to speak later in the day, And I think it's on your mind, which is reasonable. But they have to figure out a way to squash anything that might be there and move forward. And they have to they are both taking a risk on each other to do this. The enemy could have stayed in Kansas City, but I think he would have been at a less higher profile role than the one he had previously. And maybe that looks a little weird. And nobody's ever going to think he's the guy with with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid there. He's got that chance here. If they look good with Sam Howell and uh, you know an offense that has struggled, bodes well for Biami. But that Rivera is still the head coach. He's gotta. They've got to figure out a way to connect. Hopefully, they can do that for their sake and for all for the sake of all of you out there who want this team to thrive. So, uh, you go check out my my column there on this whole uh, kerfuffle and what they need to do moving forward. All right. As far as the game goes, um, I believe on Friday, I will have my first proje- 53 player projection. And on the one hand, yes, it's preposterously early. There hasn't been a preseason game. There hasn't been the joint practice. Therefore, just have fun with it. OK, don't rake me over the coals if you disagree with a couple of things right now. it's We don't have a ton of data, especially for any of the newer guys, rookies or undrafted free agents. So we'll see. But based on practice based on my own thoughts talking to people I I came up with what I came up with um I, I I'll, I'll go into one spot though just here for for fun and that's the uh defensive line now last year I believe um the when we talk about the 53 like there's the initial cut but then there's like the na- the day or two after players clear waivers you put somebody on IR so they're out only four weeks instead of the season or three weeks, and then you bring somebody up. So we're just sort of talking about it, but it's sort of that initial cut, not what's going to come, because who knows what the world will look like. But you look at the defensive line, and I would say typically for this for a group running a 4-3, having six defensive ends and four defensive tackles makes sense. What's interesting here is that I would say there's – um. Seven defensive ends at the moment, and five defensive tackles that I think are worthy of getting a roster spot or at least you know strong consideration. So that means a couple guys could get cut. Now, I, I don't know that anybody would think. Well, if I say Benning, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Apologies, everybody. Benning Patote, Patote, um, getting released would be a big deal, and maybe it's not. He has looked, I think, pretty good as a pass rusher in these practices. Now, he is typically facing the third-string line, but why I bring him up is with Fedarian Mathis and John Ridgway as the primary backups to John Allen and Deron Payne, they are both sort of the definition of run-stuffers. They don't have a pass-rushing element there. You can use F.A. Obata inside to give you more of a sleek look there. That can be done, maybe even James Smith-Williams as well, so you don't have to keep that guy, but I think that's an interesting consideration and and I would you know these preseason games will help us sort that out to some degree along with that uh, Ravens joint practice so that's a spot I'm looking at right now then you go over to the defensive ends now we know the top Chase Young Montez Sweat F.A. Obata James Smith Williams I mean I kind of got to feel that they're pretty safe but let's not forget that this group has their top defensive ends are all how, on expiring contracts the only players that we're about to talk about that are under the contract beyond this season are the two draft picks KJ Henry and Andre Jones I, I don't know that either one of them has flashed enough for me to think that they can be in the rotation I think though Jones has has done some pretty interesting things as an athlete and sort of an energetic player I feel like Henry he's you know he fell in the draft because of lack of size and kind of feel that that's a maybe a fair assessment so far he's been kind of again i don't can't see every sna- every player in every snap but from what i see i have not seen big impact out of him yet um as a pass rusher so let's see what happens in this game but as a fifth round pick you think he's probably safe jones is interesting and because of the contract thing i think maybe you could say he should be on the team but that means getting rid of someone like say casey Tuhill who's a totally solid player. I would think Casey 2 hill he'll get snapped up by somebody if he's released, but here's the other thing. What if they keep 11? What if they just decide we're going to keep the best players? It's not so much about how many we have to have a certain position. Obviously you have to have a, a, a reasonable number everywhere, but are they better off keeping an 11th defensive lineman? If they like, if two Hill is part of the rotation and they like these two kids, um, is it better to keep the 11th lineman versus, say, um, you know, a uh, I don't know, an, an 11th defensive back or a six wide receiver? Uh, I, I think there's a chance, say, on the offensive line. That maybe you end up do keeping 10, which is one more than you probably w- would like. But when you see that, like Braden Daniels, the fourth round pick has not looked like a guy you could really count on if needed that there's still a lot of uncertainty at guard. Maybe it's better off to add a, a, a Mason Brooks, the undrafted free agent from Ole Miss or keep all three centers. Like you could maybe make an argument that that's the better way to go, both from a depth perspective, but also, you know, some of these guys are, 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 are good. We can't worry about filling every positional quota, uh, quota each time. So I, I think the defensive line is a pretty fascinating one. You could, talk me into keeping 11, but if not, then, you know, what happens? Does one of the veterans go who's on an expiring deal or do you keep the kids uh, knowing that they are a a longer, a longer term play, and maybe that's the way to go. So that's a, that's a spot. I think will be interesting for sure. Um, I also, you know, would have them keeping three quarterbacks, especially since one, that's what Ron Rivera has done since he's been here Two. Hell, that's definitely what I would do. I never understand teams that only go with the two because it would just make me incredibly nervous if something were to happen. But as we saw last year in the playoffs, if you only have two on the active roster and they get hurt, like the, like what happened with the 49ers, you know, you're it's an utter disaster situation. You know, people here remember the body bag game where Brian Mitchell had to go play quarterback. Um not ideal. That's not a knock on Beam Mitch, to be clear. Beam Mitch is the best quarterback ever. Um, but the new rule is even if the third quarterback is inactive, you can bring him up in an emergency situation as long as he is on the 53. So I think that alone sort of should solidify Jake Fromm's spot. And look, I actually think Fromm has been, don't twist this the wrong way of the three i think Fromm has arguably been the most consistent which isn't to say he's the best by any stretch or like he's reaching the heights of how or Brissett. but and he's also of course typically working with deep backups and against deep backup but I, I think he's done solid uh doc doc talked about it as well like you know he played at the highest level in college football in the sec at georgia for a national contender he has started a couple games in this league in 2021. They weren't great, but he has done it. So I, I think Fromm, is, as a third-string quarterback, I would think it's you know, not going to go lock or anything, but I would think he's that's a pretty safe call barring injury or you know he just completely falls apart and they decide to bring in another quarterback. So there's a lot more to get to, and, I, and I'll lay it out all in this article that will be up on The Athletic, a 53-player projection that also kind of serves as a bit of a preview for things to watch in this game. All right, let's uh let's let's get to it. Our pal Rick Doc Walker joined me, talked a bunch about uh, what to watch for in preseason. Sam Howe, and of course, what, what is going on here with Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy? Let's get to that right now here on the Standig only podcast. All right, um, you know we are getting ready for uh, the Commanders to get on the field for the preseason opener Friday in Cleveland. The guy who is here to explain to us what we need to be watching and what we don't need to be watching is the great Rick Doc Walker. Doc, what what year is this for you as a as a media tycoon?
1: It's a whole bunch of them, <laughs> um, Benjamin, and it's uh, let's just say that I'm aging gracefully. Uh,
0: I had somebody last year. One of my colleagues from the Athletic was uh, came to Commanders training camp or mini camp or something. And uh, you were there, and you were talking to me for a second while he was there. And he asked me who y- you were, and I explained. And he goes, "Wait, he's not a—he's not like a—he didn't just retire ten minutes ago. He's like that guy can go play right now." I'm like, "Doc, doc no, that is guy can't. Ship.
1: No, that guy can't, and uh, and and smart enough to know he can't. <laughs> you know, it's um, the game. It's still a great game. Preseason is confusing." For teams that are building, teams that are, let's say, a last-place team in the division, to me, has a different course than the first-place team in the division because you're still identifying who can play. Then you got to get to the point to, will they actually play when the game starts? And then you need to get results. because a lot of really good coaches that just don't get good results. But how do you judge them? If you if winning is the barometer, then I think you got to decide what that is. For some teams, it's just to make money. For others, who knows? I have no idea. I only know that winning should be the only thing we're all focused on, and um, we're still struggling after, you know, close to 25 years to remember that and get back because we have done it before, and you want to do it again. But you got to get the elements that it takes to win in order, and we're struggling with that. And I thought we had taken a step forward, and then this week it looks like we've taken a step backwards, and and that's not good.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So so let, let's get into this. I I I said this somewhere. Maybe it was on with Sheehan, but um when when this first happened, Ron, Ron Rivera before practice on. Tuesday made some comments about players coming to him to complain or have concerns at least about Eric B intensity, his coaching style, things like that. And then Rivera went on to mention that the kind of going to do things his way versus like where he and Del Rio, two guys who've had head coaching experience have learned to navigate, had to sort of give a little give and take with players. When this first happened, obviously it was notable, but because it didn't involve Congress or lawyers or, or uh, you know Roger Goodell, I didn't view it immediately as like the big story that it became. That it became, and a few hours later, obviously it did blow up. So I guess I have to recalibrate how I view stories coming out of Ashburn. That said, it's definitely a distraction this week. What did you make of uh, what went on there?
1: I was disappointed. It it really it really really disappointed me because I didn't recall even if someone had asked him the question. It did, that's not the answer that you want to give. And when somebody mentions what they have been, I would say both have he and Jack both also got fired. Now, Eric hasn't been given an opportunity yet to get fired as a head coach. But my point about it is that Eric was here for a reason is that you don't score enough points you were in last place in your division. You're under 20 points a game. That's a problem that you identified, recognized, and then brought up a, a guy in to fix it. And then in the midst of how he goes about it, what did you think it was going to be? I mean, if you eat candy day and night and don't brush your teeth, eventually you're going to begin to see the dentist, and he's going to recommend probably a root canal. That's the way it goes, you know. I didn't understand why that was an issue, why it was brought up. It's disappointing because especially when you got to come back and take it back, which means it should have never been brought out. And so my interest goes to my reported Columbo hat goes on, and I go, what's the motive? What is the motive? What was the motive? And it's not football related. And just when I thought we'd been reared, from all this Snyder-like coverage, then we're thrust back into it, and then we can't even save ourselves with the game because the game is camouflage. Preseason is camouflage. I've heard a lot of people say they think Eric Bieniemy going to throw out his game plan. Eric Bieniemy doesn't want you to know anything about the game plan that he's saving for Arizona in the regular season. We well, now we got to find out who can block and tackle. This is strictly fundamental. Football 101. You want to go out and not embarrass yourself, not turn the ball over, block and tackle, and get the hell out of there without losing players. That's preseason one objective. In my book, if a guy played a series, I'd be shocked. One good drive, get out. Because you got a lot of undrafted free agents and, and draft choices that you need to identify if they're going to have a future with you, if you're looking at your starters performing in week one, you're on a hallucinogenic.
0: Um, so no, and I, and I hear you. I think obviously, generally speaking, you know, teams are not going to risk their starters. The only reason here with the offense to wonder if they get a little more run is because Sam Howell is you know so experienced, and I, I hear you that these games are not the same as. Uh, a regular season game but at least you know hey the the the, he's got some defensive end coming his way who actually will hit him as opposed to what's going on in practice so there is at least a little bit of that element um that said what what for you if we're if we're if we know the game itself the game planning is non-existent what are some of the fundamental things that you would suggest people pay attention to that actually can translate to what's going to come
1: getting rid of the ball quickly um it's going to be accuracy that'll be real Um, If Miles Garrett were were playing like a quarter, then it would be challenging. I would be shocked if he plays more than a series. They've already had a game, and they're trying to identify about their young guys, about their rooks. That's what I mean. I mean, I played for a coach. We deceived the entire offense, the entire preseason. We ran two backs. In preseason, we never ran two backs, one play in the regular season. It's all deception. It's trying to get to the win, the Cardinals. Never take your eye off the the prize. That's the Cardinals. It's not Cleveland. But for the rookies and the free agents, undrafted guys, this is a playoff game for them. But you got to go in with the understanding you're playing it without a specific game plan to defeat the opponent is to be able to exercise your assignments and run the things that they want you to run. I know it sounds crazy, but it's the way it is. You don't have to accept it because we don't keep score of preseason. The year we won four straight preseason games, we went on to start the season with Joe Gibbs. We lost five straight regular season games. Did you, so- you guys go
0: did you guys go and four the year you uh, went to the first Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, the year we won them all the games we lost, the year we lost all the games we won. That's why I'm saying, and I know it's foreign. When I say this to reporters and journalists, they cringe. It's hard for you to accept it. I'm just giving you the reality of it because I like you. If you turn this into a regular season game, you're just entertaining yourself. Because anybody that's actually been a part of the NFL knows that it's just fake. But if you're a rookie, it's your first game, it ain't fake. It's this playoff game for you, Super Bowl. And that's why it's fun. It's fun when Brian Mitchell took his first kick back and scored. Because for Brian Mitchell, it was a playoff game, it was a Super Bowl. He's a rookie. That's the difference. So I embrace you. <clears throat> If you're trying to evaluate one of your starters, you got an average team. You better focus on the people you have never seen play before, and then you can have fun with it, because you might uh, be we might we might get some performances of a lifetime, and that's going to be the next level of players that make the team and are good players.
0: Um. So to that end, you're right. I mean, this is the game to focus a lot on. Those deep cut guys, because you know who knows how much they'll play uh, going forward here, and they got to start showing their showing their wares. I think guys like Mason Brooks, the offensive guard, who's had some good moments in camp. Mitchell Tinsley, the wide receiver from Penn State, and another guy. Now
1: you're talking. Now um, you got it, Benjamin.
0: <laughs>
1: um, now the... you got it. Now you're talking my language. Because all I care about is the third and fourth team offensive line. <coughs> the D line. The D line is so deep, with experience. And I'm looking for that guy who's trying to make the team that nobody thinks will. I'm looking for Joe Jacoby. What made this program great was the people that most journalists had never heard of. This is not for you. This is work. The regular season, you know, starting, you know, everybody on both teams, blah, blah, blah. This is work. And remember how hard it was last year. They didn't even have the names in the back of the jerseys. How dumb was that?
0: <laughs> yes, the, 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 the people's last names are now on their jerseys this year. That there is uh, great it's for all of us.
1: Easier. I'm happy that my brother, Brian Mitchell, will have a much easier task than I had a year ago. It was a nightmare trying to identify people by body type as opposed to their names. You know? But that's what it is. The preseason is a unique property. Now, I don't... For fandom, man, let yourself go. You know, watching preseason is like watching Netflix. You just watch a good... It might be good. It might be a hell of a game. Just go enjoy it. Look at the Jets. The kid comes in, Wilson, and it's not that he couldn't play. It's just that he was suffering through brain damage. It's too much for him to process. Comes out, hits a bomb. Everybody's the hero. You know, but... Kid from UCLA was the star of the show because the kid uses he blocks, he, he read run option, read out. I mean, that's the kind of excitement you're looking for. He may never play a down for Cleveland this year. Yeah, but for sure. At least he proved what you're supposed to do: get your name in the paper, take it over, and that's what KTR. That's what he did. And that's what we're looking for. You know, who's going to be our guy who comes out of here and we go, wow, that's what I'm looking for. Well, Well, if it's one of your starters, then that's sad. We need somebody that's not even on our radar. The the best preseason game is a game you go, who the hell was that? Now you got something. Because you already see what your starters approved for you. You in last place for a reason.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Well, you okay? You mentioned the UCLA. You're Mr. Bruin. Casimir Allen is here. I think he's going to be one of these guys to really take a look at the as a punt returner, as a receiver. I thought he probably had one of his better days in camp, maybe his best day on Monday. He's got that shifty ability to 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 make plays in space, and obviously a lot of people have been wondering about the returner game. Dax Mill was solid, but nothing, no real explosive plays. You're Mr. UCLA. What do you think about Casimir Allen?
1: It's up to him. I mean, like I said, he's the guy that this means everything to. Nobody else cares about him. They don't even know about it. And so his job is to make them know about him. And that's now you get my drift. And it's the Casimir Allens of the world. If he's going to play at this level, he's got to show out, show up and show out. And because when you keep a team, there's a reason that, see, I keep emphasizing this because I think our market tries to play dumb. You got a guy in, in a professional team. He's making your team because he catches punts. Not that he returns them. He just catches them. That's pitiful. That's pitiful. So you've just surrendered. We're not going to have any return yardage. Our success was based on the Mike Nelms and the Brian Mitchell's of the world reestablishing field position You just give that up? You just gave it up? That's unheard of. So, hell, yeah. I'm looking for that kind of guy tonight. That's how you build a team. I don't want to be in last place again this year. So, anything that you bring up to me that resembles last year to me, it makes me throw up in my mouth. Don't you get it? (laughs) Yeah. They complained about a guy because he's yelling at practice? What, what, do you, what, what do you mean? Oh, so you enjoy being in last place. Okay, then keep keep it quiet. Do the practices the way you used to do them. You'll get the same damn results. That was so embarrassing to me. So
0: embarrassing. But <laughs> um, so uh, so you're out of practice all the time. I mentioned a couple no, of names. No, I'm not out
1: of all the time. I, yeah, I, I really don't even want to be at a, a non-padded practice.
0: Fe- I'm going fe- fe- to
1: have the pads on. I'm at padded practice.
0: Right. Fair, fair enough, but when so what you're at I'm just saying you're out there. You're not just on the on the couch or the golf course. Um, I mentioned a few names of guys. Who for you? Who's a guy that you just you know whatever you just think, I want to see this guy in pads playing a game and let's, let's see what he can do.
1: Well, from you mean from the you've never seen play before?
0: Yeah, one and of the guys there, you're talking about. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, well, for me, it's the old lines. And so it's, I, I need to establish, now that's a different animal, Chris Paul. Um, if Sadiq Charles is actually healthy, I'd love to see him in a football game. And so it's all, to me, the, uh, not a three, the three, the Rushers, kid out of LA, uh, Louisiana from Mitchell School, kid out of Bowie State, and the kid out of Clemson, the D. Young, we need to, identify pass rushers. Pass rushing is a unique skill. It's probably like writing. Not everybody can write. We need people that can rush the passer on every level. And if, I mean, these kids in practice have been, they've been interesting. Now I want to see if they can translate that into game. You know, uh, I'm looking for DNs and linebackers. I need blitzers and attackers. And then in the secondary people that can make up speed and cover. That's what you always – well, not anybody. That's what I always look for. I need, like, the Monty Coleman's of the world, they're unusual because they're fast and productive. You can't see it in practice when you're not tackling. They don't tackle. The league, it's not just Washington. The league doesn't tackle. I don't think they have a lot. They don't want a lot of tackling. So for the college guys, first time we can see it. Just like Cam Curl. How much did you know about Cam Curl before you saw him? Uh, nothing. Me too. Thank you. So, but boy, wasn't it clear? You go, oh my God. They jump out you, man. It's just like, if you ever go to a daycare and you watch, uh, toddlers, there's always a kid that crawls faster than the rest of them. You know, it's just always, and you can't see it until you put something out there he wants. And then it's competitive. And if your practices don't bring out the best, some people aren't practice players. They're gamers. That's where the word gamer came up. Because the dude meant he was pretty average in practice. And all of a sudden the game, oh, my God, what happened? Well, you know, it's adrenaline, man. Very few practices do you have adrenaline because you're not afraid of anything. That's why I hate the red jerseys on the quarterback, but I understand why you have to do it. So this guy doesn't get that jolt of, a gentle, uh, of adrenaline, but once a week. You know, and people perform much differently when they're under, not stress, but that adrenaline's pumping through their veins. And that's the gamers. And that's why we call them gamers, because they don't do it all the time in practice. And how much you talk, chip, chat means nothing to the stat sheet. All those guys doing all that talking, they end up taking our job. They'll be announcers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody gets all excited about all that. It don't mean nothing to me. What's your stats, she'd say? Are you doing your job? And there's two units I'm looking for, D-line, O-line, because they work in concert. If you got an ET, stunt, in, out, tackle, around, that, I want to see it. And we won't be able to see that during the game. But after the game, when we go over it, I want to hear that the players did exactly what Coach Kerrigan asked them to do. Coach Z asked them to do. They call them games. Well, we got to we got to rush the passer better than we've done, in my opinion. Close doesn't cut it. If close counted, Sweat would have been first team all pro. Nobody got there closer than Sweat, to my opinion. My opinion. Yeah, now, no. Uh, count, let's sure. Get it down. I, I will say, my be explosive.
0: Yeah, I will say Montez Sweat has looked very good in practice. We'll see if it translates to a game whenever he's uh, out there. Um, By law, I just have to ask you this. You don't have to stay on it too long. But Sam Howell, I mean, I get it. Practice is what it is. But young guys having to learn a lot of things, you know, command the huddle, get the play calls off, all these kinds of things along with passing the ball. Are you kind of – are you more optimistic, less optimistic about the same as where you came in on him, or where, where are you at?
1: I never wavered. I did his first preseason game last year, and saw him. He just doesn't got better and better. The Cowboy game, what more I need to see? I don't judge practice over games. You can't go out and beat a Dallas Cowboy defense, and then I worry about practice. You already showed me what you're capable of doing. Now I just need to see if people around you can allow you to exercise your talent. That's it I me with Sam. Sam. I would – if Sam didn't play at all, I would, wouldn't bother me a bit. would bother me a bit.
0: Um, um, okay. Not at all.
1: I just want – and it's not even – and Jacoby has showed me he's played more in games than Sam has. So I need to find out if the kid from Georgia is going to be a factor or not. Is he going to help you or hurt you? What, why is he here? And he played big-time college football. All right. Bigger than the other two guys. So let's see how it translates. I need a room, not a player. I need a quarterback room, not a player. And so, we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's, it's – it's, you you think Sam's going to – what are you going to do? Wet, wet his pants? No, he's not. He's going to do what he does. Now, the only thing where I do believe snaps are good because it's Eric's system. It's, he didn't get to come back. It's something that he'd already learned. It's a new – everything's new for him. So those are the reps that are warranted because of it's Eric's system, you know, not um, uh, Turner's. So he's got to think through some things. He's been breaking people out of a hump since Pop Warner. You know, he didn't change positions. He ain't like a converted guy. So those guys, man, that's – but it'd be good to see it. It'd be good to see it. The game will be much easier than practice for him, Believe me, much easier. And so um, you get the atmosphere, the crowd, televised—all those things kick in, you know. And the other team, they go try. Everybody's trying to impress. If they can avoid a unblocked runner, a free runner, he'll be fine because he's agile. He's he's athletic. Now nobody can. I mean, what happened to poor Carson Wentz? That was sinful. They're just free runners. Right. But you give any quarterback a chance, he can move to side to side. He wouldn't be in the league. But a free runner, that it. you know, there's no remedy for that. Not at the consistent level that it happened last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, no no, no doubt. Um, all right, Doctor, you uh, rock as always at Rick Doc Walker on Twitter. You've got 800 projects at all times. Uh, you're on the team 980. Uh, often, what, what anything else we need to know about? Uh, how do people can find you?
1: Oh, you can find me at, on Patreon. I got a podcast, as do you. And uh, you know, I'm I'm all over the place. All I got to do is hit me up on Twitter at Rick Doc Walker, and we can do this. But again, canines know how to find dogs. Find dogs, and it again, the, we the beauty of what I do. So you got to serve the public, serve everybody. I don't. You know, I'm only interested in people that understand it, that get it. That's why I, uh, because for the rest of the people, and everybody has a different agenda. Some people, it's like a video game to them. And it's fine. Madden, all that's fine. That's not what we do. We do on tackle football, win or take all. And that's not for everybody. Thank God. So we can get right <laughs> to it because – I refuse to buy in to a climate and an environment that they just make money but don't win. I, I just can't handle
0: that. I'm um, never yeah, go Uh Patreon dot backslash Doc Walker is how you can find yeah. Doc's yeah, podcast. Yeah, canines only. <laughs> and, canines only. Well, I appreciate that you let me in the uh, the, the, the kennel previously. And you my guy,
1: man. And, you my guy, standing. And again, we all have—we uh, both, all of us, work for Coach Sheehan, and so—that <laughs> is true. That, uh, he was so in heaven today. He had another degenerate gambler on that, and they were talking. I mean, he—he just—he's in his glory. They were talking about um, Nicholson, who's just like Kevin. And there's a society; they're, they're all like you know, it's a, it's a group of them. They're highly skilled. But they're sick. <laughs> they're sick in a gamble. Seriously. Okay, you think it's funny. Watch it. Go back and listen to him today. He was in his glory today talking about Mickelson with the guy that, you know, this guy's betting. Can you imagine betting a million dollars on anybody but yourself?
0: No. I When, I, when I've dropped a, a, a good-sized bet for me in Vegas, I mean – you're staring at it, going, "Boy, my entire weekend's about to get uh yeah. ruined here." But that, but it's not. It's it's pocket was that for
1: was that no, over a hundred? Eh, who
0: who can who can say who can remember that through the okay, haze? I know, but not, I but, but a million? No, we're not doing. You know that that came in
1: I mean, see, a million's not a big thing to a millionaire, but it's the idea of any that percentage of your whatever you have. On somebody else. Boy, I tell you what, I love his it. courage. It takes more courage to do that than getting in the ring in the MMA
0: fight to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear it. Well, I mean, to that, that's one reason I always used to like uh, putting a, a, a dollar We're or good. two down on Tiger Woods, because at least yeah. with Tiger Woods, not that basis it, that he won, but you knew every single time he went out there, he was giving you a yeah, fair true. ride for your money. There you go.
1: There you go. You know, you knew that he didn't show up for the promotional fee. You know, he came to win it. You know what I mean? He came came to win it. Same thing with Jordan. You know, I uh, I hate the fact that Jordan isn't on TNT, not with Barkley. He don't do none of that. He doesn't do none of that. He barely went to the games as an owner. I mean, the dude is unbelievable. But what he did, though, when that ball went up in the air, you were at a hell of a disadvantage. And and that's where, you know, it's those guys are rare, man. It's rare. But that gambling thing is we don't treat it like we do dope and liquor and the whole thing, and that's our fault because it's no different. I mean, many lives are ruined. Gambling as there are with dope.
0: Uh, I I definitely hear you on that. Well, hopefully nobody is silly enough to bet uh, anything significant at all in a preseason game. But we will be watching one way or the other. Commanders at Browns on Friday, and yep. uh, go check Doc's po- po- podcast out uh, after he after the game at some point. So he'll oh, give yeah, you his view.
1: You. Uh, no Saturday, if you're able to join me on one hundred six seven, I'll be on twelve to three and. Uh, maybe standing will come by and you'll say, doc, you were completely wrong. You're a nitwit. And then
0: we'll have a laugh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll yeah, try to avoid the nitwit part, but otherwise I'm in. Appreciate it. as always been you
1: ben. You're the best. Thank you.
0: All right. Big thanks to the legend, Rick, Doc Walker for his time. Thanks to everyone here for checking out the podcast, checking out my work on the athletic. If I didn't say, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben standing. Uh, if you're a threads person, I'm not quite. I mean, I have an account, but I'm not really active yet, but we'll see. But either way, you can follow me there at Ben Standig, the number one. That's the same address or same same name for Instagram as well. All right. That's it for now. Ben Standig signing off. Enjoy the game Friday. Until then, see ya.